0: Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by the lines.com. I'm your host, Nate Weitzer, flying solo today as Josh Lander flies across the Atlantic back from his vacation in Europe. We are going to continue our promise to bring you two game videos and a player props video each and every weekday as we do. And Josh will be back on the air tomorrow. Uh, Today, we're looking at the Clippers at the Rockets here. I do like the Clips at at minus five and a half. And I'll tell you why in a second. Let me run through the lines real quick before I do. Of course, like and subscribe to the page if you haven't. uh, So you will follow along and get each of these videos as they come out. The other one today is this first game. Charlotte plus one and a half at Orlando. Do like the magic, though, at home. Raptors minus five and a half at the Pistons. Toronto missing their two most important players right now, Van Fleet and Siakam. The Thunder plus twelve at the Celtics. Thunder coming off a one forty-five point outing on Sunday in New York. Those Celtics are scoring with anybody, um, so total of two twenty-eight there. Maybe you want the over. Suns are plus two at Miami. Chris Paul still doubtful for the Suns as they struggle on the road. Uh, the Rock. The Hawks are plus four at the Bucks. Going to have to watch the status of Drew Holiday there. Giannis is expected to return for the Bucs after they lost at the Spurs without him. And those Spurs are plus seven and a half at the Warriors in the nightcap. Staying away from that one. Clippers right now, though, minus five and a half, like I said, at Houston. Total is 220. Um, <clears throat> and the the, the total is a little dicey. The Clippers have been going under very steadily right now. This season, uh, their defense has not slipped at all. Uh, they're allowing 107 points per game the first two meetings with Houston in succession both went under by a healthy margin here but the reason I like the Clippers is because their offense has pulled out of just a complete quagmire to start the season they were actually even worse than the Lakers and they're still dead last in points per game but you see some of the different statistics starting to really improve for them I mean They're up to 109 points per game in their last six, up from 103, so that's no longer dead last if you look at that sample. They're up to 15th in offensive efficiency and 11th in effective field goal percentage in their last three. They've gone from 29th in free throw attempts to 9th in free throw attempts in their last three, gone from 22nd in three-point shooting to 8th in three-point shooting in their last three, and that one is really the key from what we saw from the Clippers last year as they got used to playing often without PG, never with Kawhi, is spread you out, hit a bunch of threes. Uh, Luke Kennard back in the lineup, certainly going to help with that. Uh, We don't expect Kawhi or John Wall to play uh, tonight. I think Kawhi obviously barely played at all this season, but John Wall expected to to keep managing his knee as they think they can handle the Rockets without him. Um, And yeah, the Rockets are a team that you should be able to beat. Without your full complement of, of guys, they they've lost 18 of the last 20, going back to last season. Uh, they failed to cover in five of their last eight, and they are 14 and 22 against the spread as home dogs since last year. Their two wins, you know, I say 18 of the last 20. They they beat Utah on a back to back situation, a home and home with the Jazz. Uh, or I'm sorry, the Jazz were coming off an overtime win in New Orleans, and then the Rockets managed to get them. And then they beat Orlando recently. In Orlando, they shot 24 for 48 from deep, uh, which is just an unsustainable, uh, incredible mark for them. But in, in general, their are, their offense is not, is not something to count on. They're 29th in shooting percentage and two-point percentage. Better from the three-point line, line, but uh, the Clippers certainly know how to defend this team if you look at the last time they faced off. One hundred and one, uh, a one hundred and nine, one hundred and one win for Houston for the Clippers in Houston, and you look at some of the stats. It's like, wow, how did how did the Clippers win this game? They're out rebounded. They gave up sixteen offensive boards. They they had they lost the free throw battle by two. Well, they won it by keeping the Rockets very inefficient. They're three guys who are expected to kind of grow the franchise. Sangoon had twenty six and thirteen, but he fouled out. He was a minus thirteen. KPJ, 22 points, but shot seven for 19 and had six turnovers. And Jalen Green, a nice nine for 17 shooting line, 22 points. But he was also a minus 13 uh, because he can't really guard anybody. So, I mean, the answer was the Clippers just shot more efficiently inside the arc. They should continue to do that here. And like I said, their three-point shooting is improving. The, The Rockets' defense is just... You can, you can do whatever you want against them. They, the 30th in effective field goal percentage and two-point percentage, giving up the most fast break points per game, fourth most paint points, fourth most assists, fourth most points per game. And, and Ty Lue is a coach you definitely trust to uh, capitalize on those weaknesses, especially now facing this team the third time in the first month of the season. And then, yeah, I, I expect the Clippers' defense to continue to be what carries them here. They're 12th in opponent's three-point shooting, fourth in overall field goal shooting, fifth in points per game, and second in free throw attempts allowed. Just a disciplined team. They're starting to pull out of that that nose dive at the beginning of the season because, I mean, we didn't expect them to just come out on fire like that wind projection indicated. I think it was 52 and a half at some books. And it was just like, wow, the the Clippers are not going to try that hard throughout the entire regular season. But they're also not just going to you know, come out that slowly and just deal with that. In in the West, you know, it gets early late, as they say. You can't just loaf through the season and not beat teams that you're supposed to beat. We actually kind of saw that change in the second game with the Rockets, where they, they barely beat them in the first game. And they said, all right, like enough of this. Let's start beating these teams, the, the, the few teams in the West that you can count on a win. And the Rockets are one of them. So they beat the Rockets, covered the spread in their 4-2 and, they're four and two straight up and against the spread in their last six. Uh, like I said, better offensive numbers across the board in that span. They do have the best player on the floor tonight in Paul George. And um, Reggie Jackson, I think, going to gonna have a nice game. Going to look at him in player props at 14.5 points. Marcus Morris also had a nice game there in the second matchup with the Rockets. I think there's enough vets, enough depth here. For the Clips to uh, cover this one, I I am almost certain they will win. So I would look at different teaser angles. I think if you want to tease it in this game, I would would tease up and take under 224. But I think the preference would be to tease with another game. Maybe that Thunder Celtics game I mentioned off the top to get that total down to 224 and take the over there. Uh, I really like a lot of points anytime the Celtics are playing right now. Their defense has not been incredible. And their offense is the best in NBA history thus far. So, I mean, the Hornets are not competitive right now. They did just get LaMelo ball back and that seemed to spark their offense. They gave up 132 at Miami uh, and and lost an eighth straight game. They've lost 10 of their last 11. That includes a 20 point loss in Orlando without LaMelo, of course, but, uh, you know, very troubling when he scored 30 points in the first half in the NBA And LaMelo was not exactly like lights out. I mean, their offense, maybe more pace, maybe a little bit better ball movement with him in there. But he went one for nine from three. Had five fouls, was a minus 18 in 28 minutes against the Heat. And, you know, I don't think he's going to – he's had nice numbers his last three against Orlando, for sure. 24 points per game, seven assists, 42% from three. Hornets won two out of those three. But now Orlando is using bowl-bowl to guard – opposing point guards and play point guard. They have size and length all over the place. Bull Bull has a 107 defensive rating. He's blocked approximately one fourth of shot attempts against him. I mean, the guy's like seven, three springy, incredible wingspan. If if they do deploy him on LaMelo, uh, it's going to be tough sledding for him uh, as, as as a guy who was, was quick enough to get to the rim. But then the magic are also starting like three bigs behind Bull Bull. Um, and, and his supporting cast Lamelo is going to be depleted here. Cody Martin, Gordon Hayward are out. Dennis Smith is doubtful. So it's, it's Lamello, uh, Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre, who will be taking on a huge load of the offense here. I mean, the best option against Orlando is to spread them out and, and try to hit a bunch of threes. And that worked It, it for the Kings and Rockets who beat the Magic during this long homestand they're on. This is their sixth straight at home. It opened with a win over the Warriors, you know, the ultimate spread you out team. And then those two losses, and then Paolo goes down with an ankle injury. And interestingly, their defense just becomes lights out as they crush the Mavs and the Suns in succession, hold those two teams to 28% from deep and, and posted a 98 defensive rating. Now, Paolo is a game time decision here. I think he might return, uh, you know, like going up against the reigning rookie of the Year, LaMelo, and showing what he can do. And I don't think that he's such a negative defensively that they're just going to regress. I think it's a difference in, in coaching and adjustments after they got kind of smoked by the, by the rockets of all teams, gave up uh, 24 threes at a 50 percent clip, made some adjustments um, that, that they're not going that you have to do when you play this many bigs at once so that they were able to contain them. And Charlotte is just an awful three-point shooting team right now. I mean, that's part of the reason they've struggled without Gordo the last few years. Who He misses a ton of games. And in their last three now, they're shooting 30% from deep, which is 27th in the league. Paolo, in that meeting, that 20-point win over the Hornets, he went for 21-12-7 and, and was a plus 27 in 27 minutes. Uh, part of the reason that they just completely blew doors off the hornets um, and and what the you know what the magic do poorly is exactly what the hornets can limit like they're number 1 in fast break points allowed well the magic are dead last in fast break point score because they play gigantic lineups they want to get in the half court they want to go high low and they want to pound you in the paint they're eighth in paint points and the hornets give up the eighth most pay points they're 28th in three pointers made and that's what the hornets defense excels at allowing the fifth uh, best percentage and six views makes, and defensively, the Magic give up a lot of three point attempts. Like I'm saying, uh, but it, it it hasn't really mattered. Hornet's also giving up the fifth most free throw attempts. That's a key here, at, as Orlando's going to look to press that size advantage down low. Mason Plumley was kind of ineffective. I mean, he was really ineffective the last time these these teams met. He's had a nice run since then. I would expect him to play a lot more minutes and I'm going to look at his prop of eight and a half rebounds because they're just going to need him out there to battle all these bigs. Wendell Carter, uh, Franz Wagner and and and, Vol- and the rest of them, uh, especially Paolo out there, too. I mean, second chance points have been huge for Orlando. I think those should be there and they're just well rested there at home. And and Charlotte is, you know, it's kind of sliding into the Wembañana sweepstakes at this point. A, which Orlando is firmly in as well but they're competing with their interesting lineups it's sort of a cool basketball experiment uh, and I think in this particular matchup the fact that you have Bull Bull out there to bother one of those two guards that the Hornets are going to depend so much on uh, I do like Orlando a lot to win a third straight here maintain that momentum after beating two good West Coast teams so you're listening to the lines.com podcast network Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top US sportsbooks all in one place? Plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network—the source you can trust to make you a better sports bettor. Looking ahead at the player props here on a seven-game slate, I'm going to open things up with Trey Young, 34 and a half points and assists. It's a tough matchup on paper against the Bucks, but I don't think it really matters what matchup you're talking. That's a little bit low for Trey Young, uh, and he hasn't necessarily been flummoxed. By the Bucs at all, in his last four, he's averaging 35 points per game. And and then, you know, a guy who basically leads is a threat to lead the league in assists every year, averaging also nine and a half assists, shooting 51 and 47% from deep, 100% from the line, 31 for 31 in those four meetings with a 35% usage rate. So he he brings it against the Bucks. Uh That's for sure. Uh, he had 42 points on 15 for 32 shooting in a trip to Milwaukee last, a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and now the Bucs are without Drew Holiday. I mean, I'm, he's pretty much ruled out. Giannis is coming back, and they do still have solid wing, uh, wing defenders in Javon Carter, Wes Matthews to throw at Trey. But one of those guys has got to be on Deshante Murray now. So that opens things up for Trey to distribute, to score, uh, <clears throat> do what he does. And, and even with, in, against Javon Carter teams, I mean, he has not really played a lead role on either of these teams, but just looking at his last six against the Suns and Nets, Trey has double-digit assists. Uh, they, the Bucks just gave up nine assists to Trey Jones of the Spurs without Drew Holiday out there. They have a 114 defensive rating their last three without Drew Holiday. They have a 114 defensive rating without Drew since the start of 2021 versus 110 with him. So they're a little bit more vulnerable. We should see more points than you might expect in this one with Giannis back out there, more free-flowing. Um, and Trey, the home road splits are always a concern, but this year he's actually scoring more on the road thus far, 28 and a half points per game in fewer minutes, same usage rate about 35%. So DeJounte not cutting into that usage that much. It's about the efficiency and yeah, he's hitting four, 36% of his attempts from three on the road and still getting to line nine and a half times a game. Despite those rule changes, he still finds a way to get points. Um, so I mean... If you had to break it up because the odds aren't great on 34 and a half points assists, it's minus 120. I think I kind of like the assists at, at plus 100, eight and a half. Um, although Milwaukee does a good job of limiting team assists recently, they've been vulnerable. Like, like I said, I mean, 39 points to Shea Gilgis the previous game without Drew Holiday. So I think Trey gets his one way or another. The under I'm going to throw in here is Jaden Ivey uh, with the Pistons hosting the Raptors. It's 17 and a half points for Jaden. And I think minus one Oh two at FanDuel to go under that. And his prop is up because he's faced the Celtics in two of his last three games. The Celtics are just playing shootouts over and over. They have such an efficient offense that, and and, and not a great defense right now that the, the other team is their stats are inflated. Um, he, in two of his last three coming against the Celtics now, Ivy averaging over 18 points, shooting 50% from three. In his first 10 in his NBA career, he averaged 15 points, shot 31% from three. Uh, and he's facing Toronto, which is not the same kind of defensive dynamo, maybe, without Fred Van Fleet or Pascal Siakam. But they still have plenty of good defenders out there. Gary Trent, Malachi Flynn. um, Otto Porter Jr. should play a lot of the backcourt minutes. O.G. Ananobi could switch on to Ivy at times. And then you've got rangy bigs like Chris Boucher, Scotty Barnes, who can make life difficult going to the rim. If his shot's not falling from three, he could have a tough time scoring in this matchup. I mean, Nick Nurse, one of the best game planning coaches out there. So I'll trust the Raptors as a team to limit Ivy. Uh, They need to snap out of their skid here. Injuries be damned without fan fleet. And they're favored by five here in Detroit. So the expectation is they hold Detroit's offense down in general. And that just means less production for a rookie shooting guard who's not, you know, the first or really second option on this team. Uh, I like the Clippers in Houston. and I like Reggie Jackson to help keep their offense afloat here. uh, After a really rough start to the year, the Clippers offense has kind of come alive in their last three and they've won four of their last six including one against the Rockets. In that game, I mean, in those back-to-back games against the Rockets, Reggie shot awfully, awfully awful. Six for 22 from the field, 0 for 6 from 3. Still got 6 for 6 on the line, at the line and, and had 18 total points. And last year he averaged 18 points a game against Houston. So there's room for positive regression here. I mean, we know he can score in this matchup. We know the Rockets are not... Stopping anybody. They allow the most assists per game and seventh most points to point guards right now. And Reggie, with John Wall likely to sit with load management, should see ramped up usage. So for him to get over 14 and a half points, I don't think is that tough. Uh, the assists are at five and a half if you feel like that's a good line, uh, option. I, I don't hate it, even though he's had limited peripheral stats his last few games. He also averaged eight assists per game in those matchups with the Rockets last year. And you just look at the usage when Wall sits, I mean, or the production, 18 points and seven assists in 36 minutes against Cleveland with, when Wall sat. Then Wall played against the Lakers, but Reggie loves playing the Lakers. He had 14 points in 24 minutes. Um, so you would imagine more production there if Wall was not out there for half the game, essentially, running the team. And then Wall play, had a 27% usage rate in their last loss against Brooklyn on Saturday. Reggie went for six points, six rebounds, six assists in 33 minutes. So the playing time is there. Brooklyn's been playing amazing on defense since Jacques Vaughn took over. So now I think we kind of see him ramp up in a much easier uh, matchup against a a, a tanking Rockets team. And I'm just going to cap things off with Mason Plumlee over eight and a half rebounds. This is mostly just like a necessity play that the Hornets have nobody else to, to go in there and bang with all these magic bigs. They, they play such a giant lineup. They allow 14 rebounds per game to centers, which is below average. They're actually a really good rebounding team. eighth in rebounds is Orlando, but 17th in defensive rebounding rate for opponents. And they miss a ton of shots. I mean, they're not, they're not necessarily lighting it up on offense, slow half court team. Plumlee had, double-digit boards in six of his last eight. He's been playing a lot more, 28-plus minutes per game, averaging 10 and half boards, 10.5 points in that span. He did not have much production in the first matchup against Orlando. I think they have to switch things up here in order to compete. And like I said, with the Orlando offense, it goes cold down the stretch often. They're 29th in fourth quarter scoring, 22nd in the third quarter. I expect Orlando to win this game for sure and, and potentially pull away. Early, uh, but if it is close game, I mean Plumlee should be out there. Late, we saw him get 15 boards in an overtime game against the Heat. And, and Charlotte's only plus one and a half, so Vegas thinks they can make this one interesting down the stretch. And their best chance to do that is to play their only real true center right now and try to limit the uh, big Orlando guys down low. So that is all the time we have for you in this one. Follow along with us each and every weekday as we bring you two game videos and the player props. We see you next. Happy betting.